Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for those that have taken time out of their schedule to come worship with us today. We thank you, God, for those that have participated in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that our hearts and our minds will be focused, that our ears will be attuned to the voice of your spirit, and that the word will fall onto the good ground of our heart, that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you and we honor you, God, today. For this is the day that you have made. You have given us the ability to rejoice and to be glad in it. We thank you for all these things in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We're still in our series, Masterpiece in Progress. Masterpiece in Progress, which is us taking this journey through this book of the Bible, which I think is a very significant book of the Bible, which is the book of Ephesians. Not saying that none of the other books are significant, but I'm just saying this kind of speaks to us in such a way that we should grab hold of a lot of the points that Paul was bringing up in this letter. Our centralized verse that we kind of parked on, which is what we extrapolated the title from, is Ephesians, the second chapter, the 10th verse in the NLT version, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And we've already discussed that a masterpiece is anything done or made with superior or extraordinary skill. And we discussed how a masterpiece is not something that is created immediately. It takes time, it takes diligence, it takes a focus in order to make it come to pass. And so we looked at, in the first chapter, how he, we came up with a point that Paul brought out and we and I and I was t I told everyone to look at that verse 18 and begin to make that your prayer for the week. And if you don't remember Ephesians 1:18, it says having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And then we went on and we talked about how we wanted to have, oh, I'm sorry, the 17th and 18th verse, uh, we wanted to have that spirit of wisdom and of revelation of the knowledge of who God is in our lives so that our eyes can be enlightened, so that we can see better, so that we can do better, and so that we can be better. Well, we finished up the first chapter, and I want us to go ahead and go into the second chapter. Like I said, this is going to be a long series, but I want us to pull some nuggets out of this second chapter. As I was preparing for us to get involved with the second chapter, I realized that I need to set a foundation. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to set a foundation for what we're going to be looking at in the second chapter. 
And that foundation that we're going to establish is going to be based upon our foundation <coughs> verse, which is Ephesians 2.10. Simply today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take three different versions of the scriptures and I'm going to tie all of them together so that we have a good understanding of what this 10th verse of the second chapter is referring to. So then when next week, when we cover verses 1 through 10, you will see exactly how significant this 10th verse is. We've already talked about the living, uh, New Living Translation, which says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. And I want to point out when we're talking about a masterpiece, when we're talking about something that is created so that it can be looked at by all. The masterpieces that we have of art are not hidden away. They are actually set aside in a special place that we call a museum where folks can go and look at them and say, ain't that pretty. But we want to become that masterpiece that God has designed for us to be. And we talked about when we were talking about our uh, I am declarations, our very first I am declaration, if you remember, is 2 Corinthians 5.17. For if anyone be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And in this second portion of this New Living Translation of the second chapter, the 10th verse says, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So once we accepted Christ into our lives, he has made us new. Mm -hmm. The old things have passed away. And so he goes on to say we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I want to pull from that the fact that God's desire was for us to do good. Okay. But in Romans the 7th chapter, Paul says Every time I want to do good, evil is always present. Right and every time I want to do right, wrong is always present. He said every time I try to go left, right always shows up. Mm. You know, as he just said, we have this contradiction that's going on, this dichotomy that's going on in our lives that's trying to pull us away from what God intended us for, for us to do, to do the things that satisfy our flesh, that satisfy our selfish needs and desires. But God's plan for us was to be an example of his goodness, an example of his glory. When he actually called the Israelites out, he said, all I want you to do is be an example to the other nations. And they didn't do that too well at all. They Fell. They wanted to be like everybody else, and they wanted to be, you know, have everything set up like all the other countries had their stuff set up, and it caused them to have some 
problems. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you today is that you can only be the best you that you can be. You will only be a second class somebody else. Okay. You can never be as good as you think that other person is. Be you and be the best you that you can be. That's part of the creation of the masterpiece that God has designed for us to be. For us to be the best person he has created for us to be. In the Amplified Bible, no, I'm sorry, in the English Standard Version, the same scripture, Ephesians 2.10, brings it out a little bit differently. If you remember in the New Living, it says we are God's masterpiece. In the English Standard Version, it says, for we are his workmanship. When we hear that word workmanship and we juxtapose it up against, that means set aside, up aside, uh, when we set them up against one another and we look at masterpiece and workmanship, it kind of provides this uh, mental picture that this is something that some work has been put into. Mm-hmm. It's something that a master, a person that is good at it, has done work on. So we are his workmanship. We are that created. We are that processed. We are that work of art created in Christ. And the purpose for us being created in Christ is for what? For good works. And these good works that he has created us for were prepared by God beforehand. And because they were created beforehand, the path for our lives has already been created. A path for our lives has already been set up. The direction for our lives has already been established. However, God created us that we can make decisions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, as we said from Romans 7, our decisions do not work out the best for us. But the good that God has set out for us, he has given us the instruction manual by which for us to follow so that we can be established in what he intended for us to do and go. And finally, in the Amplified Bible, it goes like this. Now, the Amplified Bible is a paraphrase where they added some additional words into the the scripture to provide you a more definition, an amplification of various words so it can become clearer to your understanding. Ephesians 2 and 10 via the Amplified Bible says this, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life 
which he prearranged and made ready for us. Now, after going through them other two, this kind of sounds a little bit amplified, don't it? So as we look at this, we can, we can see how the, the writer of the Amplified Version brings it out. He says his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, something to be admired. Every one of us is a work of art to be admired. There is something about you that no one else can do. There's something about you that no one else looks like you. No one else has your fingerprints. No one else has your iris imprint. No one else actually has your ear imprint. No one else of all the folks on this planet has what you have. But society has tried to make you feel like if you're not like everybody else, then you're wrong. But I have found out that when we live the way that we were designed to live, it becomes a blessing to everyone around us because it provides them with freedom to be who they are and to do what they were designed to do. Y'all heard me talk about how if you go crabbing, when you catch the first crab, you got to put a lid on it because he'll crawl out. But once you get two crabs in there, you can leave the lid off all day because they keep pulling on each other to keep each other in the bucket. That is an analogy of how a lot of people live their lives. When somebody else is trying to do better, be better, they'll say or do something to try to sabotage them. They'll do or say something to try to make them fall or not be successful in what they are trying to do. That is a part of the sin nature that we live in. But because we are created in Christ, as he says, reborn from above, that means we're spiritually transformed. Not our bodies, we still look the same, but our innards. That's country, right? That's for the insides. Your innards have been transformed. Your insides have been transformed. They have been renewed, and they have become ready to be used. When I first joined the military, we had some radios, and those radios, if you set them on certain, certain frequencies, you could hear what was said around you. And we then got sophisticated, and we had these radios that actually you could be on the same frequency, but if you didn't have what they had called the hop set, which meant that the frequencies changed just enough within the frequency that if you were not in sync with what was being said, you couldn't hear nothing. And it was another way of security that we had. Once you have been renewed in Christ Jesus, you get on the right frequency with what Jesus is telling you to do and you can hear so much better. You can hear so much clearer once you're on the same frequency. Have you ever been trying to listen to your favorite radio station and you've been driving out of range of your radio station and you go down in the valley and what happens? 
It fades out on you. You go up the hill. And you sometimes when you get to your song, you want to pull over to the side of the road so you can hear the rest of your song. Because you know if you go back down the hill, it's going to get blocked. The same type of thing. As you're going through life, sometimes you're going to go down into a rough situation. But you know that as I'm going through this rough situation, I'm getting ready to come up out of this and I can hear a lot better. And sometimes I just need to pull over on the side and just relax and hear everything that the voice of the Lord is saying Amen. to me. Because he has set this up, because his whole desire is for us to function in good works. To be an example to everyone that we would encounter. Because we are... God's hands on this earth. We are God's feet on this earth. We are God's voice on this earth. So as his representatives, as his kingdom ambassadors, we want to be the best representative that he can have. I just want to remind you as we call this a day that God has set this up before you were even on this earth. This was already established. I like to re reference to Jeremiah, the first chapter, where he says, Before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you. That remind that to me it tells me that God had a relationship with us spiritually before we were born. But when we are born, we actually get off our frequencies, get jacked up so we can't hear the way that we could before we were born. But once we accept Christ in our lives, it puts the right hop set back into our lives, which allows us to hear clearly. But you know sometimes the radio station that we're on now don't have the song that we really want to hear. And so we decide to go back to the old radio station. Some of us like the Motown 60s. Some of us like the rock and roll of the 60s. Some of us like the 50s. Some of us like the 40s. Some of us like to go back to the old way. But that's not God's intention. God's intention is for us to grow into the newness that we have so that the pull of the old things no longer have the ability to pull on us again. One of the things that I, when I coach somebody, I tell them, I said, the worst thing that you can do is tell yourself that you're going to stop something. The worst thing that you can do is tell yourself you're going to stop something. And everybody gives me the same look. But I don't want to do it no more. That ain't, that's not how you stop doing it. You replace what the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for, lovely? The, the what? The the, not the trigger. You want to you want the habit, not habit. That's not really what I'm looking for. But habit, no, not stronghold, sweetheart. Uh, you want to change. Okay. You want to change. The desire. No, not the desire. Well, Don't worry about it. Keep it going. You're going to keep it going because I can't think of the word. It'll come to me right when I finish up, right? Uh, but you want to change the mentality that you had before. The way that you change it is to replace it with what you really want to do. 
For instance, I deal with men and uh, 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 we have a significant amount of men that have an issue with pornography. And so what I do is I'll say, okay, what I need you to do is whenever you feel this strong urge to look at pornography, you need to look around you and see what is contributing to this strong urge. And most of the time is he's sitting around, he's just not doing nothing, feels like he's bored, and so he says, I might as well go ahead and look at some porn. I said, okay, so what can we do so, number one, you're not bored? So if you're not bored, then you will not follow that same path in order to do that. And I don't try to get deeply uh, spiritual or anything, start saying pray and all that other stuff, because if it's not something that you want to do, guess what? It'll last for two or three days, and then the next thing you know, you'll fall even harder because you're like, I'm trying to do good, but evil is always present. You see what I'm saying? So it has to be something that you enjoy doing and cause you not to focus on being bored, which then causes you to be triggered, which is what somebody else brought up, to then be bound in the stronghold that somebody else brought up <laughs> because you now have changed your focus. So once we get into Christ and if we focus on what Christ is doing in our lives, if we do not lock into it, if we do not take time to seek God's face by reading the word, if we do not take time in order to pray, if we do not begin to have the desire to do that, then the old things, the old stations that were pulling us will have the same level of pull. So because we understand that we are this masterpiece, we are this workmanship, we are designed and created to glorify God in our bodies. And that this whole process is so that we can live a life that is not only an example to everyone outside of us, but also a life that is good for us. As you look through the, 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 the Bible and you read the Bible, you will see how Paul was writing about how you should think. He was talking about how you should react to the things that are running in your mind. We pay folks hundreds and thousands of dollars for us to tell you what Paul wrote out for you. See, I'm, I'm kind of messing with my own pocket right now, but I, you just need to know it. You just need to know it. There's, the Bible has everything, everything a psychiatrist tried to tell you is already in the Bible. It's already there. We just have to extrapolate it ourselves. And the Bible says in order for you to get a good understanding that you should have fellowship with other believers and you should have a preacher that will tell you the truth of the word. And that way it causes you to change your mind. And as you change your mind, it causes you to change your focus. As you change your focus, it causes you to change your habits. As you change your habits, you change your conditions. All right. If you want to change, don't say, I need to stop this. You need to say, I'm going to start doing this. Okay? Yes. It's simple. <laughs> 
simple in simple in word. Okay, uh, I know a lot of y'all like. Ah, I hear you talking. I hear me talking too. But we have to look at how God has set this up because He has created us to be this masterpiece. But the thing is, it's a masterpiece with the preparational phrase, prepositional phrase, in, in progress. In progress. That it is a slow process that God is taking us through in order to establish us in him. If you remember when we first talked about this, I was talking about this famous sculpture, sculptor who they would ask him, how do you create all these beautiful uh, statues and things? He says, I look at a piece of stone and I take off anything that's not supposed to be there. And he says, I look at this stone, and he begins to just chisel away what's not supposed to be there, and it ends up being this wonderful statue. We are like that piece of stone, and God has to come in and start chipping away some of the weight and some of the debris that has gotten into our lives, either because of others or because of decisions that we made. But the fact is, as long as you stay there and let him chisel, he'll work on you. But the thing is, the Bible calls us living stones. So some of us, when he starts chiseling on us, we try to move over and be like, well, no, God, I, I need to keep that piece, you know. And, no, God, I don't, I, God, wait a minute, God, wait a minute, I want to keep that a little bit, you know. And so we have to realize that if we submit under the power of God, that he will design us, he will shape us, he will mold us totally to his workmanship, his masterpiece, that he desires for us to be, so that we can be in the position that he desires for us to be, so that we can influence the lives that he wants us to influence, that he can be glorified on this earth. And that is our desire, to glorify him in this earth. Remember, you can only be a second class somebody else. But if you fall into the right frequency with God, he will design you, he will shape you, he will mold you to be all that he has called for you to be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to look into your word. That you have this wonderful, this great plan for our lives. And it's a plan to make us a work of art, something to be observed by others, that you will be glorified. Because every work of art that has ever been created always refers back to the creator. So God, as you're making, as you're molding us, as you're shaping us, give us the patience, <clears throat> give us the understanding, give us everything that we need to stay in the proper place for that which you created us, and that we will glorify you in all things, that you will be edified. We thank you and we honor you for your word, and we thank you for this opportunity to be your masterpiece in progress. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.